Welcome to this week's episode of Third and Forever, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Holm. Kevin, how, how are we? No. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> so we're recording this on Monday. Uh, it is Monday, May 3rd. The draft just wrapped up, and I would be lying if I said there's that no was other the news. biggest news. There's no other news. Uh-huh. Let's talk about the draft well, for hours. Well, you have a Packers hat on mm-hmm. so does that mean you hate Aaron Rodgers is that what I'm gathering here because clearly you can't like both so should, me, we, should we just get it out of the way yeah, first no let's just get right into right, it because right. it's it's the elephant in the room yeah. um in the last four days I have aged 35 years I am I am sad <laughs> I am I am a sad guy and I am not it's not a hopeless situation but it's it's very not good. It's about the worst news you can get as a Packer fan. Yeah, so this this obviously we're alluding to the news uh, that broke last Thursday from Adam Schefter. Um, Noted unreliable source. Yeah. Um, he, he basically said that Aaron Rodgers is not coming back to the team, does not want to come back to the team. The, the original article, Aaron Rodgers does not want to return to the Packers and apparently has told several staff and several other players on the mm-hmm. team that news. That was the initial report. Yeah. And so, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on like a little kind of reactions rant about this, oh and that's the only way that I can, I can cope with it. Okay. So... It just sucks. Yeah. Because I've never been in a situation before. I was not invested enough during Favre to really be involved in that emotionally. Yeah. But when your favorite team that you owe, you know, the the lifelong allegiance to and your favorite player of all time have a very public fight, it sucks. I didn't know what to do and I still don't really know because we haven't gotten much more information yeah since that headline broke just more of Schefter kind of really reinforcing his initial news like yeah and he's so not backing down on it yeah and so the news broke and basically the situation as I see it is laid out like this there were disagreements between Rogers and the organization kind of you know kind of death by a thousand cuts leading up to the drafting of love. Yep. And the drafting of love was something that they did not consult with him and he was not involved with at all where like I I heard an anecdote today uh Andy Dalton's been a bear for about 5 seconds. They called him before drafting Justin Fields just to be like, "Hey, we're going to draft Justin Fields." And so he has every right to be Mad at ownership, yeah. or mad, you know, mad at the front office, all that stuff. Um, and I, that's the thing where it's like I don't come down on either side of this issue because I understand I, I'm I've been a vocal critic of the love pick, but suddenly you get stared down in the face of like, what if we don't have Aaron Rodgers next year? Probably a, probably a good thing to have Jordan Love around. Contrary to my my final words on the last episode, <laughs> um, and so. Because the other thing that came out is that apparently Rodgers said he won't come back unless Goot gets fired. 
And that has since been, yeah. that's gotten pushed back by a couple people. AJ Hawk on Pat McAfee was talking about how that there's no way that, at least, you know, he, he can't say for certain, but he doesn't think that that's true. Yeah. So it seems like there's, there's definitely a media aspect of this that I don't want to say they're blowing it out of proportion, but they're very happy to have this story to talk about. It's a very sports media e story, you know? And my I'm I'm just I'm holding out hope that they can reconcile for a couple of reasons. The first reason being this feels like a departure from everything Rogers has said up until this point. He's talked at length about being on the exact opposite side of the situation before in the way his career started. Mm-hmm. And on a certain level, you got to think that, you know, it can't be lost on him. The parallels. No. Between these situations. I mean, it's, no, it's he, eerie. He's, he's too smart. He's fully aware of those. Yeah. Yeah. And so that can't be lost on him. He was talking in interviews in February about how he doesn't see a reason he won't be back on the Packers next year, stuff like that. He always talks about he, he wants to leave a good legacy and things like that. And even over the weekend, he was at the Kentucky Derby, and he wouldn't answer any questions that were, you know, very substantive. But he did stress with Mike Tirico that he loves Green Bay and the fans and yada yada yada. So there's there's sentiment there, and there's a long precedent that would lead you to believe he wouldn't do something like this. Yeah. Having said that, his team was clear; like his side was the one that leaked this information on draft day. Absolutely. Like, like hours before. And and I I again I think it would be ridiculous to to think that that side leaked that information without him, his knowledge of that being leaked. No. Yeah. I, like, no, he I, is for sure. He's yeah. full aware of that. Like, yes. He knows exactly what will happen if he does that. I, my, my take is that I think this was a leaking it on Thursday on draft night. Um, essentially, you know, a year after the love pick, mm-hmm. this was a, this was a colossal, it was not an accident. Fuck you to the yeah. front office. Yeah, for sure. And there's no other way to look at it because, yeah, on draft night, hours before it happens, yeah. I mean, he could I, he could announce this. This could have been leaked months ago. This yeah. could have been in February when it's like yeah. after the Super Bowl, a couple of weeks. There's a lull, you know. Well, and that's part of it though is that you you make this fuss right before draft night. If he, you know, wanted to be gone, why not give them more of an opportunity to draft? And I'm not saying that he would, you know, he doesn't want to be gone or something like that. But it seems like. If you were intent on I am never coming back to this organization, you'd say that so that they would make you know plans or have more time. Because right now we're in a situation where the front office is basically you know the the phone rings, they pick it up, they say fuck you before they even get the offer for Aaron Rodgers out. Like they are not listening. They have not broken from the line thus far that one hundred percent they are sticking with Aaron Rodgers. They will not trade him because they know that they have the leverage in this situation. I don't know though. I think. I hear what you're saying. Like, why would he not do that? Like, you know, a it's gonna if he doesn't, you know, you'd think him letting the organization mm-hmm. know that I'm not coming back. I don't want to come back. I don't want to look at an extension. I'm playing out my contract. That's it. That I'm done. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers, he's he's a grudge holder. He does that. He holds grudges. He held grudges. He still does against San Francisco against Mike McCarthy. If he holds grudges against San Francisco. Then why were they on the short list? Because it's where his home is, but I'm saying like mm. it, it's just like vicinity wise for him. But yeah. I, what I'm saying is that it was that the the organ is not the organization, like the franchise, the front office of that team, which was Mike McCarthy of mm. the team that passed on him. 
you know, he he held that grudge. Yeah. He, I, I, we're not going to talk about the off field stuff, but you can make an argument. Grudge is there. Whether whose fault at who, it's a messy situation with his family. That's that's well known. And I think yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's unlikely, but you know, does he necessarily care how the franchise does without him right now? No, this and, current front office, absolutely not. I don't no, think. No, but I think that the the way that I look at it, in terms of this, is my kind of my my cautiously hopeful pitch based on information. And granted, obviously, I would like him to come back. You know, <laughs> I am building a narrative where I can sell myself on him coming back because I I you're, own, you're a fan. You're I a hopeful too fan. Many shirts with his face on them for <laughs> yeah. him to not come back or his last name on the back. So. The situation is that he is under contract for several more years, two or three at least, I think. Yeah, I think two more years. Yeah. And that's not going to change. If they don't trade him, he will remain a Packer unless he retires. If he retires this offseason, he will owe them $29 million in having to pay back part of a signing bonus. And so, I mean... When you give a guy a choice, like, "Hey, keep playing foot, keep playing the sport that you love, make a ton more money doing it, or retire right now and pay us a bunch of money," like in addition to not playing, and even if he he can't retire and then come out of retirement, because he'll still they'll still own the rights to him playing football. So there's not really a situation if they don't trade him where he can kind of win the standoff. I, I do think that like cause, yeah so basically his three options are come back play uh, that's obviously the the mo- would be the most straightforward the less messy mm-hmm. um, looking I mean likely unsure to be determined um, or he sits out you know all the mandatory training camps he, if he sits out in these this first mini camp no big deal whatever yeah. he sits out sits out in training camp in July that's a big deal. Your starting quarterback not there. No one you 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 don't know. What and, you are. and at that point, do you have to start treating Jordan Love as the exactly. de facto quarterback? You, you have to bring the, fran- in another the guy, organization like- is in an impossible situation. Yeah. Um. He then, if he starts sitting out games, obviously he gets fined. Um. He, you know, salary's fine, signing bonus money. He has to give all that up. Um. Mm-hmm. But if he's okay with that, then he has a lot of leverage. Because I mean, to be fair, he's made. $240 million from the Packers in contracts over the years. Yeah. He's got plenty of money. Oh, no, he has lots of He's not of worried money. about it. And then, obviously, the last one is if he retires, does a Carson Palmer or Brett Favre. Yeah. Um, he pulls one of those, and then he just has to wait until the team, for the duration of his contract that he'd be under, trades away his rights. Um, And then he could just host Jeopardy in the meantime. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's... It's I'm un- very curious that a lot of Vikings fans are suddenly a huge fan of his Jeopardy performance all of a sudden. I all he I was hearing fine. before was that he just did so bad. I never said he did bad at Jeopardy. All I right. thought he did no, fine. No, you never said it. I'm just people are saying. <laughs> I don't know who you I walk down the street and people just yell at me. I think you just spend too much time in the depths of of a uh, Vikings subreddit. I think you need to get off other teams subreddit pages. No, I have been exclusively on my team subreddit for the last 4 days. So how yeah, dare well. you? That's not always the case. But either way, I think it's... I just feel like there's the most upside for both parties, assuming they're not going to trade him in some sort of reconciliation. And there is time for that to happen. There are months that will go by. It seems like the team 
the team is saying the right things now in various interviews. In in yeah, but that that's again, it's 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 very similar to a situation like you know, mom and dad are secretly getting divorced. There's waiting to tell the kids. Like the organizations are obviously the parents, and the fans are all the kids, and they're just like. What they're saying to the kids is yeah, all like we're but, working on it. We're you know it's you know it's but okay. The issue is that like the other woman keeps texting dad, and we have it on the record that dad's like telling her to fuck off. You know, like other teams are inquiring about the trade, well, and they are not inquire. even listening. It'd be the crazy Seahawks not to. were listening to offers about Russell Wilson months ago, and now we're not talking about that again. Though I don't know how much of it is. I take everything that an organization says in a situation of this magnitude. With a grain of salt, because I it's like they're, take, but, they're but not going to want to take it with more of a grain of salt than like anonymous sources, you know, like because everything has come out to this point. That's why I just so badly. I don't put I Adam just want Aaron Rodgers to say source. what he wants, how he feels. I just he's want never him. done that, though. I know. But I just there's I can't figure out. There's no way to know what to think unless we get the information and we'll probably never get it. No. And that's so frustrating. Because. I mean, because if all these reports are true, if he, you know, is really upset and telling everyone he doesn't want to come back and pissed about Jordan Love and mad and he's saying, even if the, you know, fire goot is true, especially Mm -hmm. that, I mean, then he's way out of line and he'll never, you know, not be my favorite player going forward, you know, I guess, you know, in the far future maybe, but I'll still want him to do you know well wherever he goes as long as he's not in the nfc north but he's way out of line and at contrary to what i tweeted uh after the first round pick uh we shouldn't fire goot because that's not how a you know a stable organization works that's not a recipe for success if you're going to start canning gms because one player asks it even if it is aaron Rodgers. that I, I, I think if I looked outside, I could see like hell freezing over. I don't know. I mean, I've never, I've the, never, these are, I've never been with you. These when you are decided serious against. times. I Adam. know, but I've never been with you when you've, you've like, I have shame on you, Aaron. Shtick. Shame on you. I have to, you don't understand. When we get back into the draft, oh. I'm going to recede back into my anti-goot oh my persona. Gosh. But for right now, <laughs> this, this, this shit's serious. All right. We're we not, we're not kidding around anymore. Yeah. I mean. This is this is, we were at like our our like oh we got a draft for Rashad Bateman and I was like oh that's probably like a DefCon two that's like a DefCon four we're at one now yeah this is real shit you know the sirens are going off the Russians are invading something is happening it's bad what ha- so hypothetical he I goes like, I don't like this hypothetical because the two teams that are like have been linked the most other than the Packers have been the Broncos and the Raiders. Yeah, well, and, and the Niners, but then we should say that the Niners, Niners got a quarterback in the draft. Yeah, yeah we'll get that's, there. That's I think kind of dead, that out. yeah. So but they I were on the board. They're not anymore. If he plays for any other team, if he plays football in 2021 and it's not the Packers, I think, I mean, I think the most logical would be the Broncos just from their current quarterback situation. But Gruden has been saying he will be doing, he will be trying to do everything in his power to get, Aaron Rodgers like he has been very he's been the most well, vocal yeah. about it and I think both of those organizations would probably you know like I I don't know you know the specifics of what they'd be willing to offer but if you said you know for the right price you can get Aaron Rodgers and it was a price they were acceptable with I mean that's that's a no-brainer obviously he's a huge upgrade in both of those scenarios having said that at the Raiders 
to start off, to pick one of the two to start with, the Raiders, if he wants to win, he should not go to the fucking Raiders. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, they they don't have an offensive line. Their defense is terrible. They have a lot of untested weapons on offense. They, I mean, Josh Jacobs is okay. Darren Waller is really good. But other than that, their receiving core isn't anything to write home about. And then kind of shifting to the next team in Denver, I mean – you know, some good offensive weapons, not a good offensive line, though, still. Defense that is better than the Raiders' defense, but not some sort of elite unit. I just... And in a division with Patrick Mahomes. And, and well, yeah, and what you kind of see a lot of times when these superstars go to, you know, different teams to end their career, it's usually a Tom Brady ring chaser scenario where they're going to these teams that are stacked and just need a quarterback. Neither of these teams are that team. Neither of these teams are the Buccaneers last year. Yeah, but... I don't know. I mean, you could argue. I, I, I think. I don't if, think either of those teams win the division with Rodgers next year. Because they're with the Chiefs. I, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> like, I, I hear what you're saying, but they're. I mean, they're definitely in the playoffs. I mean, and I mean, yeah, maybe they're in the expanded playoffs, and I don't know. I, it just, it seems to me that, that that's another part of the whole best interest argument is that. Well, you know, uh, yeah, like the Packers are a Super Bowl contender yeah. this year with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I don't think you can say that about either of the other two teams. Well, no, I, I think, but the, that that remains the question is, yes, if he wants to win, and if that's what he really wants, yeah. Um, the question is, is it is it okay that it's his best shots with the Packers, and he's okay with? Yeah, well, then then you're asking the whole him to lay down thing. a shot at a second ring, which yep. you know. Big deal for Aaron Rodgers with only one ring. Not as big of a deal with you know for a guy like Tom with a ton of rings. But Rodgers looking at doubling his ring total, yeah, potentially, and a bunch of money hypothetically in terms of that or retiring. It's like he's sacrificing so much on the altar of like I didn't like your first round pick last year. I wish you would have called me. I think first. I think it's more than just that though. I mean, come on, it's it got just, it's more than that. It just doesn't make sense to me. And that's why I want. I think this has I want been more a, from him. I think this has been a festering thing. Like you look at the, I think this goes back to McCarthy. But I, th- I think yeah, I a think festering thing is... with McCarthy. And once now McCarthy's gone. If McCarthy was still the head coach, then I think it'd be a lot worse. I I just think I mean it's 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 with Mark Murphy. It's it's with Ted Thompson. You know he's still he's still there. Right? Not much in power, but he was very much in power during his run Ted, with Ted McCarthy. Thompson's dead. No, I know, but I'm okay. saying, but like with, <laughs> I'm saying, saying it, it, it's, it's going, it's going yeah. back to like when since he's been there, since his at, post, Thompson. since post Super Bowl, what have they really? I mean, you look at the last ten no, first yeah. round picks, one, one, one first offensive round, player, and it was Jordan one, Love. yeah, one offensive player, and yeah. it's his replacement, and the other one that was during his tenure was an offensive lineman who had four career starts. Yeah, and I understand that that's a point of frustration. I just don't think you improve your situation because like it or not, the Packers were the number one offense in football last year. And he has arguably the number one wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. He has a top 10 running back, at least in Aaron Jones. He has one of the best left tackles, arguably the best left tackle in the league. He has an offensive line that they are investing in and trying to protect him. I mean, we drafted like a thousand offensive linemen this draft. And so... I mean, I, I if I were him, I would be upset, you know, at the lack of investment on that side of the ball. But at the same time, sometimes it feels like, and I'm sure as a Viking fan, you'll appreciate this, kind of, you know, the meme where the guy has the two buttons and he's like sweating, trying to figure out like which yep, one to press. Yep. 
like Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough like help with his receivers. Like Aaron Rodgers, his defense keeps letting him down. Like, cause the more I've, the more I've kind of let this, this draft that we'll talk about coming up, uh, simmer. I mean, we needed a cornerback and there were not amazing options on the board when we got there, but like they are drafting need. They are, you know, it, they're, they're trying to fill holes on the team that are massive holes that were the problem that you know were the problem in the NFC championship game last year. And they did get him a receiver. Granted, it wasn't the guy that I, or most of Packers fans that I've heard from wanted, but it's a guy, it's a guy that least, could be like a Randall Cobb for him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, it's a, it's that's a guy what who a lot of people contribute. are saying, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, I would have rather, you know, certain, I would rather the balance of some of those priorities be shifted a bit, but it's not like he has no help on offense. And like we said before, of those three teams, he still has the best chance to win as a Packer next year. Yeah. But and, like I said, yeah. it, we don't know, like Eric, it might, it very well might be. He just doesn't like what he cares about most is, is winning. Sure. If you want to say this, but like, what if it's like, you know, winning this, he doesn't want to back down or stand down and, you know, kneel to the Packers. What if, like, I don't know. Well, like, we and, don't know because he doesn't say anything. But that's, and so that seems like if this is going to be prolonged, you know, and not get resolved in the near future and potentially lead to a trade, if he's really contemplating sitting out and holding out and all this other stuff, it's driven by, like, anger and spite. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that hopefully... You sit on it for a month, two months. Cooler heads will at some point prevail and say, I'm going to lose a ton of money. I'm going to lose a chance to win a Super Bowl. I mean, because it sounds like he has, from what I've heard, and you know, that's all kind of still the anonymous sources and we haven't heard anything directly, but it sounds like the issue is he didn't like Goot. And, or he doesn't like some of the decisions Goot's made. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like kind of front office stuff. He has no issue with LaFleur. I think they get along fairly well, actually. Yeah, and I, the, I yeah. think the one thing he doesn't like is, I mean, we talked about it at length about the decision to not go for it on fourth down. Not, yeah, him not knowing that afterwards, finding out where he said, "I thought we were gonna have four downs. I would have done something." He gave me the play call on third. I probably would have called something different if I knew yeah. I didn't have a fourth. But that's not like that's not like a breach of trust. No, that's no a disagreement. That then that's something that's like yeah, you, that's a failure by Matt Lafleur not giving the MVP of the league. All no, the information possible. And, and that's on Matt, and yeah. I don't think anyone's disputing that's, that's that. That's a young coach thing and, where they just... Yeah, but at the same time, it's not like a malicious... Like, no. it's not a slight, you know? Like, you can you can construe the goot pick as kind of fucking over Rodgers. No, but you, you know? but with a guy like Rodgers who had, has had a track record of, you know, disagreeing with his head coach, not, not having all the information or all the trust, maybe, that he should have... With McCarthy, yeah, he it, it probably brought up some bad trauma. Oh, like he's yeah. just like I, I not again, yeah. never again. And so I, I, every time McCarthy hits those watermelons, I'm sure he thinks that it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> they did not like each other at all. And I don't know. I mean, McCarthy should like Rodgers because his entire career is predicated on the fact that he had Aaron Rodgers. But whatever. Um, not unless he wins one with Dallas. Yeah, good luck with that. Hey, healthy um, deck. Who knows? Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. I, 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 how many watermelons are we gonna are we gonna talk about here? At least seventeen. <laughs> At least seventeen. <laughs> he just Plus stops the playoffs. In the playoffs and they lose. <laughs> like, ah, oh, I should have kept going. Twenty-one. Yeah. Twenty-one. That's where we got. 
So um, I, I mean, I don't have anything else really to no, say because there's not, you know, it, obviously, not if, an um, end if, to this if story anything, yet. if anything comes out, we'll be talking about it. Yeah, I length. just I want it on the record. I Good am, or bad? I am sad. <laughs> um, and regardless, I mean, it would take a lot for me to like, you know, hate Aaron Rodgers. Like, it would take being in a purple uniform, pretty, pretty much. Um, and. Who knows? And even now, I mean, like, I don't hate Brett Favre anymore. Like, I don't. He's not anywhere near the, you know, the level of love I have for a guy like Rogers or other guys like that that didn't, you know, betray the team. Right. But yeah, I don't know if he does end up on the, you know, the Broncos or the Raiders. Good luck, dude. I hope you like running for your life. Um, <laughs> and throw into Henry Ruggs, I guess. I don't know. Hey, and Nelson Aguilar. No, he's a Patriot now. Oh, he did. He left. I think so. Oh shit! Maybe. He was one of their like seventeen. Oh like, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. So basically, it's just rugs and yeah, Waller and All right. Edwards. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the draft. All right, so let's switch gears to the draft. It was oddly the second. I mean, probably biggest breaking news. I mean, obviously the draft is insanely important. Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> we. We actually were together for the first round. We had a couple of great reactions for our teams. Um, yeah, we had a we had a nice little little TikTok moment. Yeah, I don't. Oddly enough, with, with it, the trade back, it was a trade back. <laughs> I don't know. That did pretty well. But the draft, the beginning of it, uh, first two picks went exactly what we thought. I, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. I have nothing to say about it. I think there's. I mean, it has been analyzed to absolute yeah. death because we've all known for months that that's what's going yeah. to happen. So. But the the Niners. They they went with Trey Lance. They did not take Mac Jones at three. Uh, good for them. I think then Kyle Shanahan came out afterwards and was like, "Once we didn't, you know, we saw the the news that we were really interested in Mac Jones. We didn't feel the need to correct it." An all time slow clap. Yeah, or a slow clap for the all time smoke screen. Yeah, the greatest smoke. Like he's just like meh. It's like, fine. Like. Wow. <laughs> like, we didn't, we weren't really. I was convinced. I know. I, a lot of people were. I was tricked. Absolutely. Cause they're like, Ooh, maybe. I don't know. Well, Cause it wasn't just that they wanted Mac Jones. It was that he wanted Mac Jones and there was yeah. disagreement. In yeah. The that John was, Lynch was, was like, juicier. no, I know. It's like, yeah. he was just like, I don't know what that was about, but I think that's a great pick. He doesn't have to play right away. You can sit behind a year, um, behind Garoppolo for a year. Yeah. RIP so, like, Vikings, uh, Trey Lance hype. I I was I'm on record by saying I don't see him getting to 14, but the way it fell, sure. Um, there was a quarterback. I actually before I get there, Bengals opted for weapon instead of foundational piece. We'll find out if that was the right call. I'm gonna go on record as saying I think that was the dumbest I, shit I've seen. I life. I would have gone with Sewell. Um, Joe Burrow's other knee also would have gone with Sewell. And then you could also make an argument that the Dolphins going for Waddle, but that he needed more I get more that weapons. a lot more, though. Like, it just, with the timing of it all, eh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, J.C. Horn being the first corner taken off the board by the Panthers, that was a bit of a bit of a shocker of a pick, I thought. Um, I didn't see them taking corner necessarily because it was all kind of questions. They're really digging in with I, Sam Darnold. I called it in the moment, so yeah, uh. you're welcome for that. <laughs> um, over Sertain, and then... The first real, real shock, the Broncos with Mac Jones and Justin Fields there on the board where they just acquired Teddy Bridgewater for a 
bag of chips. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had Matt. They have a uh, Drew Locke still. Those are two quarterbacks. They went with Patrick Sertain. Um, not really a fan of it. I don't. I just. I I, I thought not it was a, gonna be Fields for sure. I did too. We were sitting there. I was like, shit. All right. But then when they didn't take him, I'm like. Uh, it was shaping up to be Fields would be there at 14, which looking back at w- after the full conclusion of the draft, especially the first three rounds, it's a good thing that he wasn't because it's a lose-lose if you're a, if you're a fan of the, like the Vikings with with most you know, things are going with with Kirk Cousins as a quarterback who is statistically a top eight quarterback. When you have an a player like Justin Fields who. You know, all intents and purposes, he's a franchise potential quarterback. And you're like, do we we have to take him? And if you don't, the fan base is pissed, rightfully so, because it's right there. You know, it fell in your laps. But the Chicago Bears traded up with the New York Giants to take him because Gettleman was in love with Devontae Smith. The Eagles leapfrogged them. They swapped with the Cowboys, a weird interdivision trade should be illegal and i mean well the fact that Rubbing all three the of them way. all three of them right there yeah and so they just jumped right over the 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 giants and took Devonte smith which you know we'll see if how he can get one right i think that was a total fan service pick yeah i don't know i feel like after you flopped on you know rager so hard last year you should probably for sure our sega white side that's bad but yeah Rager over instead of Jefferson, that's gonna haunt him. Um, but they, the Eagles took Devontae Smith. Uh, by the way, Devontae Smith over Rashad Bateman's gonna haunt him too. It's just not talked about as much right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, actually, I, no. I, we'll we'll get to Bateman. Yeah, I feel. Um, and so the the Giants, they kind of panic. They traded down. They really didn't have to give that much up for for uh, Chicago to move up ten spots. They they all they gave up was they traded their first round pick the eleventh overall. Well, they, they to, swapped first round. Yeah, they, I always with, hate hearing in, that. Yeah, yeah, but in yeah. exchange for the first um, and fifth round selections, twentieth and one so twentieth and one sixty four alongside Chicago's first and fourth round selections in twenty twenty two. That's not bad to move up ten spots. Not bad to move up ten spots when the guy you're getting could potentially be a franchise quarterback. Gettleman, I, I think the Bears. Gettleman could have definitely got a lot more from the Bears. I think. Well, yeah, because Nagy and Pace, Pace yeah. are Fighting doing for this jobs. for their job. Yep. Yeah, like, yep. if this doesn't um, work out, they are goner than gone. And as as a fan of a rival team, obviously uh, inner division, both of us being against. You know, I think we're all in the same vein. Rivals where a strong word, but well, we're all in the not, same they're not vein. The Lions, I take that back. As that back. we, I, if, if we, we can have it our way, our division teams, the the Lions, Bears, and Packers, or for you, Vikings, Bears, Packers, or Vikings, Bears, Lions, would be Seahawks, thirtieth, thirty first, and thirty second in the league. Yes, like that's what we hope for. Yes, um, anyone that says ah, I kind of want some competition, no, no, um, that's ridiculous. So. The Bears had a great draft, and I I don't like saying that because I I think that they their first two selections were home runs. The fact that they were able to get Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle, yeah. in the second round, great value. Getting Justin Fields when he should not have been available, I mean, it it turns them 
it gives them hope. Honestly, he could be a he could be a flop. He it, could be like the other Ohio State yeah. quarterbacks to be terrible. But I don't think he he's not he's not a Cardale Jones. He's not a Dwayne Haskins. Well, and the saving grace that the kind of the silver lining that I found. So Justin Fields presumably will not be the starter week one. Correct. That will be Andy Dalton. Yep. And like I'm I'm on record. I think that he will get a starting role at some point in the season. But, you know, not the beginning, so part of context, through, years ago, Mike Glennon was the starter when Trubisky was drafted. Yeah. Glennon went four games, and then Trubisky took over. Yeah, but I think also Dalton's a little bit better than Glennon. Yeah, I do so too. I would give him, like, I'd give him, you know, over under half and half of the season, somewhere around there. Okay. And even though there's not a half of the season I know. anymore. Um, and so I'd give him about that, and so Field starts second half. I don't see the Bears, you know, maybe squeaking into the playoffs and losing, probably not making the playoffs. And then next year they got to deal with the Allen Robinson situation because he's franchise tagged at the moment. So like, hopefully we don't have to deal with Justin Fields and Allen Robinson at the same time. But I'm not like, sure. I feel like Robinson's gonna want to be there. Now. Depends on how Fields does. Though. I guess if he shits the bed. Well, Robinson's well, gone. Eddie Jackson with a tweet like we finally got ourselves a quarterback <laughs> or something, like a real quarterback. He tweets like, yikes, sad Mitch noises. Yeah. Um. No, I I think that was. It, it it's hard not to say that's the pick of the draft. I mean, for sure in the first round. It, I don't I don't like watching Justin Fields because he has like swagger. Yeah, which <laughs> I people who shall remain nameless uh, never did, and I just see him. I'm like, oh oh no, that's that's a leader. That guy could that guy could be a problem for a long time. Yeah, and so I I don't know. It it sucks because that's like the that's the one team. You know, I don't want to see trade up for Justin Fields when he's yeah. on the board. I was like, you know, him going to the Patriots, whatever. Yeah. And then I hope the pan- the ba- the Bears would have panicked and take Mac Jones. But nope. Uh, Mac Jones ended up falling right into their laps at 15. But before we – I don't even know if we want to talk about Mac Jones. But I mean, eh. I think it's worth it. It's probably the best place for him to be. Yeah, Mac Jones, it, the interesting thing that I think you brought up a tweet about it on draft night is that the two quarterbacks for the New England Patriots are about as dissimilar as you can be. Yeah, just trying to imagine Josh McDaniels trying to drop a playbook that suits both of them if one of them gets hurt. Or if like Cam, who has a history of getting hurt, it's like, okay, these are Cam plays, now these are Mac plays. It's like you almost have. It's like one of those. Uh, like a, you take the the ACT where you're taking the test and it says like stop, do not proceed. Mm-hmm. Like Cam Newton's like in the first <laughs> half and he's like stop. This is Max section. You're like all right. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he had like two play sheets and when Cam gets hurt he just like all right and he just yeah, and the just entire, flops it back. Like like Cam like hip, they're comparing like wrist notes like Mac and Cam and they're like I don't have that one. Do like, you oh, no. Cam, you got my wrist. You got my wristband. I need it. You got. We got switch. Yeah, we're gonna have Mac Jones run a sneak on the goal line. No, no. Oh shit. No, we're not. <laughs> um, but other news that happened: the Vikings, with the way the draft board fell, Rashawn Slater was there at thirteen. Well, as we assumed, the Chargers took him. Uh, so, not shocked at all. The Vikings traded back. Uh, with the New York Jets, we gave them, or they gave us, I should say. Uh, let me pull it up here. They traded us their first round and their fourth round selections. Um, oh, we traded them their our fourth round selections, 14 and 143 overall, to New York in exchange 
for the 23rd pick, 66th pick, and the 86th overall pick. So that gave us four third-round picks and I think three fourth-round picks because we gave up one. Um, I wouldn't know if you were wrong. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm i okay with that because Christian Derisaw fell to 23. I was afraid that he would not at all make it there, and then I'd be like, now what do we do? But he fell. We got the clear number three uh, offensive tackle in the draft, uh, who's a pure left tackle, which is what we needed. Now we don't have to worry about sliding over Brian O'Neill to the left side when he's been playing right tackle for several years and very good at it. Um, Can you tell me what this draft means for Dakota Dozier? He will be all right. He will be he on the roster. Oh, but he's never playing, seeing him in the playing field unless it's like special teams, so, like field goal unit. So if someone, someone were to were to have an accident, I think like two people need to have an accident at his position. That. You don't have a quarterback right now, so I have two quarterbacks right now. Well, neither one of them's a rookie anymore, technically. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, his eligibility is still there. So then we took Kellen Mond with the second pick and yeah. with our second so, pick so in the third round, that. beginning of the third round. So this was the Jets uh, third. There was the second pick of the third round. We took him at 66 overall. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy about it. We have not had a actual viable backup plan option at quarterback since. How dare you I, disrespect Mitch Leidner like that? I, he was never our backup. He was he practice was, squad. Yeah. That's and he, not he was a backup. Working his way up. No, got to give him time. We like we we've been having just a, you know, several guys come in come in for a year or two and that's it and be our backup. Because, you know, knock on wood, Kirk Cousins never gets hurt. He's never I missed a start. With me. Yeah, and so, Kellen Mond is a developmental you know project where he's not ready to start right away. You know, he a lot of people are you know his accuracy is not the greatest, but. He's a four-year starter in the SEC, three of which were under Kevin Sumlin, who ran an air raid offense, and then his last year was against with Jimbo Fisher, which was a pro-style offense. He he saw improvements every single year against arguably the highest competition in college football. He had like a what, 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 uh, the SEC. Uh, okay, you can't dispute that. I mean, from a con- from a full conference standpoint, I mean that if yeah. Wait, he played against. I thought he was from A and M. Yeah, they're in the SEC. They are? Yeah. Since when? Like seven years ago. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the knock. Is like the- Johnny Manziel, was in, when he was at A&M, they were in the SEC. That's why they played Alabama and all that. Okay. Yeah. I like to phone a friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he has a huge arm. He's athletic, Got the has the the ideal size that you want as an NFL quarterback. Um, you know, he the thing is, you see the improvement. He what he is is, you could say the opposite athletically of Kirk Cousins. He gives you that extending the play, like actually scrambling as a liable th- threat for defenses to have to worry about. Um, Kirk Are you doesn't have that. that. Kirk is not fast. He he's faster than you assume, but he's I not. Assume he's very slow. He's not. He's not a scramble. Like he can run. Like <laughs> you look at you look back at his Washington tape. He ran. Like he has several. Good long runs with Washington. It's weird, but he's, like he's twice as fast as Tom Brady, which is very slow. I, su- I suppose I don't know if we can't really measure that, but I guess I don't know. You look what at their was, what combine. Was Kirk's Forty time. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> you, 
I don't have a laptop. You do. Go I don't, for it. I don't want to look it. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Uh, Kirk Cousins. This is good radio. Forty time. I bet it's four. Four point eight four seconds. Ooh, so he's under five. Okay. That's that's not that's really not that bad. No. Um. And so, for a non-running quarterback, that's pretty good. So, did they ask Kellen Mond what he does with stakes? When they were kind of meeting no. with him pre-draft, like, do we know? No, is he on the record? <laughs> um, so I I like it. Let him let him sit there for a couple of years. He gives us an option, like you know, a contingency plan after Kirk Cousins. You know, if we don't want to, I I don't think that he's going to usurp Kirk anytime soon. But I'm intrigued by it. Um, Trouble in Paradise. You guys hate. Does your front office hate Kirk Cousins and vice versa? <laughs> Definitely not. Do you guys have quarterback after, drama. After oh Rick Rick has said numerous times. There's absolutely zero quarterback there competition. There is so much drama <laughs> Kirk's our starter. in Minnesota. Let's all talk about that for six months. No. Um, and then we, you know, we take uh, North Carolina linebacker Chaz Surratt, very athletic. I think it, with him, Barr, and Kendricks, I think we have the fastest linebacker core in the NFL, um, which is cool. He, you know, he's one. He needs to bulk up a little bit, but we lost Eric Wilson, who was a had a lot of big splash plays last season. Did Anthony Barr not retire? No. Oh. He was hurt. I must have dreamed that. Yeah, what? Um, and so he, he gives us an option for our weak side linebacker. Um, we'll see how that goes. Ohio State, get a, or the Ohio State guard, Wyatt Davis, who at one at a couple points last year was slotted to go one overall before Vera Tucker kind of jumped in there. Um, got him at 86. I'm absolutely thrilled with that. I think he gives us a little different of our typical guards that we go after, which clearly have not been working. Yeah, I was going to say, you might so, want to look at that strategy. So that's good. And it's it's finally not a tackle that we have to convert to guard. So that's it's a guy who actually plays his pure position. It and upsets then, me how much you guys invested in the offensive line. Yeah, no, we uh, – really Rick Spielman, you didn't Rick Spielman took this draft and said, we are building up the trenches. And that's what we did. I mean, we took – one, two, three, four, five offense and defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we we built up our line, and and a lot of people are saying it's a great draft. So I I'm happy with it. It gives a lot of depth. Um, I I think keep an eye on the Iowa receiver, uh, Amir Smith Marset in the fifth round. He That's too many syllables. Take it from someone who knows. It's way too many syllables. It's far less than Equinemius St. Brown or ne- Marquez Valdez Scantling. Right, yeah, yeah, just, just keep on with count. And what, so, what's his name? Amir Smith Marset. It's literally like five. Oh fuck. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so that's Smith in the middle, really. <laughs> there's just it's a hyphenated him. name. Okay, Smith Marset. Just Marquez Valdez Scantling is only six. That's clearly more than five. Yeah, it was only one more than five. But it's still more. Saints Brown. Seven. (laughs) Yeah, it's... The Saint. (laughs) Fucking Saint in there. Um, And so... Yeah, he doesn't just go by his first name. It was... He's not Seal. Yeah, it's fair. (laughs) So I I like it a lot. I'm I'm intrigued how it goes. I think Derisaw was a home run. I think Kellen Mond is a very interesting pick, and obviously time will tell on that. How do you feel about his tweets? His tweet from 2016 where yeah. he said, Minnesota is a bad state. Yeah, and then he said, and no one knows where man K. Doe with a D is. It's fair. I mean, I don't know where I don't know where man K. Doe is either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm going to call that as a 
tweet that a what at that time he was 16 like a 16 or 17 year old man i don't know people are well, just let's people are let's asking. let's look back at your posts on social media when you were 16 or 17 oh uh, let's not yeah we're gonna do that <laughs> there you go there's a special kevin's facebook messages or something Ooh, kevin's I, statuses i gotta delete <laughs> <a lot of laughs> stuff. um so I, I i'm happy with the draft um i thought they did what they needed to do so i can't hate it too much yeah, do you want to switch gears talk about the Packers? Let's go to the Packers. Okay, now you're going to have to kind of walk me through my own draft because I know the guys, I don't know their names as well, and I don't know where they were taken, and I don't have a laptop yes. in front of me, so I need help. So, all right, obviously the first one, 29th overall, you took Georgia cornerback Eric Stokes, who some said he was not the number one Georgia cornerback to take. Yeah, so Eric Stokes... And it is, uh, it's well documented. The the Chinese have it now. It's on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, let's call it unhappy with this pick. I thought it was going to be wide receiver. I thought it was going to be uh, who was so, Moore was still around at that time. Oh, uh, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. Yeah, yeah, old Miss guy. I assumed it was going to be him. Rashad Bateman got taken two picks ahead, which would have traded up a very modest amount. We could have gotten him, but whatever. Um, so part of my initial reaction was kind of, first off, I was, I was just, I was an emotional disaster because Rogers, all that stuff came out that day, which set the foundation. Then I was even more sad because we didn't get Bateman and then we got Stokes and I still am not in love with the pick. I do see potential. He is very fast. He runs like a four two something. He is a very, very fast prospect, and that's kind of his biggest biggest feather in his cap. He played well, um, and he has the potential to develop into a good corner. And keeping in mind, he only has to be a cornerback, too. We have True. a one. Yeah. And the more I think about it, like I have to spin this a little bit in my brain, but this is Kevin King's replacement, ideally. And... That makes me very happy. The bar's not very high there. No, it is not. No. But the, when I think about this as we got this guy instead of Bateman, I don't like it. When I think about this as we have this guy instead of Kevin King, I like it a lot more. I and We needed a corner because we don't have anyone. King is our second best corner, like it or not, and he sucks. So we need somebody else. This was... Not the best player available. This was definitely drafting for need, and it was a bit of a reach. It may pan out, though. I think what the worst part, I I don't know. I don't hate them taking a corner. I think that was the position of most need. You know, that a cornerback, essentially, a cornerback two is the, you could argue, is the reason you guys were not in the Super Bowl. Yes. So I I have argued. It's um, well documented. The issue that I take, obviously is the lost value of reaching for a guy like that when you probably could have got him with your second-round pick. Yeah. Um, and also another issue is if you wanted to go corner, and that's what you were targeting, how do you not – I don't know why you don't try to trade up three spots to take Greg Newsom, who went at 26, or trade up seven spots with the Titans to get Caleb Farley. Yeah. You know, I- there was a good drop-off after those the four corners. Yeah. Um, especially there was a good, the one and two, JC Horn and Sertain were pretty neck and neck. People had either one, one or two. And then Farley and Newsom were the clear three, four. All of you could flip them either way, 
whatever well, you and liked. there are question marks about Farley specifically in his health. Yeah. And so I think, because I, it, it's definitely not, you know, consensus, but there were scouts, and I think scouts connected to the Packers that had Stokes as the number four corner in the class. Okay. I think ahead of Farley, probably behind Newsom, just because Farley has health you know, potential health issues. Yeah. And so, and I think that you know, he, he also, he fits kind of, and they keep doing this and it hasn't worked in the past necessarily. Think of like Josh Jackson. They draft guys with these awesome kind of baseline athletic physicals and all that physicals. Yeah. Where they are, they're super fast. They're, they're tall, they're long, they're quick, they're whatever. And then you just have to develop them. And hopefully that's what they can do here. And again, I don't expect him to start. I expect him to be, you know, more and more integrated as season goes on. And hopefully Best case scenario, he's starting corner two next year. Um, he can play, you know, some nickel and stuff like that until then. And again, I just it, it it wasn't an exciting pick, and I've heard a lot of a lot of people, you know, they say this wasn't this wasn't a sexy draft by the Packers, but it was kind of a smart one. And I I'm torn because I want them to be smart, but we never have a sexy draft. We literally have never had a draft where you go, oh, my God, look at all these guys. This is awesome. To be fair, though, when you have, you know, a top – that's been a top five quarterback for the last – We we are mid to late 20s every year. Like – We have no one – I know, but, but also, it's one where you don't – you don't need to have you're, – you're given the luxury of missing – you know, every now because a franchise quarterback yeah. plugs so many holes. Well, and you're given a luxury of missing, especially in the wide receiver department. We can trot out Alan Lazard, who is fine, and he's actually a really good blocker, which is. But he's a, he's a receiver yeah. three. Yeah. He, you know, he's not a he's a red zone guy. You put out there, or you know, because he, he's no, a big no, he, bodied. He's, like he's like a receiver four. MVS is a wide receiver three. You have you have MVS over Lazard, yeah. Okay, I have MVS. I, I have MVS. I just feel in like the MVS is only speed. I feel like that's all. No, he yeah, has. and I have MVS in the same role that like I would want like a, a McCole Hardman in. Okay, you know where it's like Fair you have. I always think the best wide receiver cores in the NFL have a superstar, a possession guy, and a field stretcher. And right now, our possession guys Lazard, our field stretcher is MVS, and our superstar is Devontae. And if we had a better possession guy which is what I hope we got, you know, we'll get to it in the third round. That would be big just in general in terms of kind of helping that core, I don't know, be be productive. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, I was upset about the first round pick, and I'm less upset now. I'm cautiously, I'm, I'm you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Just drafting for need. Uh, it, you guys, I mean, that's, that's the kind of the tail of the tape that you guys had. It was, it was a whole, it was a draft just full of needs. You didn't really care about the value of when you're yeah, taking the it guys. Was, it was hardcore. You didn't try team. trading down or, or whatever. You were just like, we're just going to take our guy when we want him now. And does, you know, well, yeah. So there's a noteworthy trade and the, the second round pick, uh, Josh Myers yep. center, uh, Ohio state. The last Ohio State center went pretty well. Now he's not a Packer that anymore. That you had, that you had. Yes, because I was like, we we had we had an Ohio State <laughs> center. He had a good rookie year, Pat Elfline, but then he uh-huh. wasn't good. Yeah. So I mean, the last one that we had was nice, 
And hopefully this guy can be good too. And it's kind of an interesting philosophy for the offensive line because really the only guy whose position is nailed down at this point is Bakhtiari at left tackle. Everybody else, we're not really sure where they're going to end up. We have a couple of guys, you know, Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins, definitely going to be somewhere on the offensive line. I'm just not quite sure where they're going to end up. And there's a slew of other guys. I mean, in, I don't know if we want to get into all of it, but we drafted several other offensive linemen in this draft as well that it's it's hard to tell right now. And I like having options, at least. I like having depth in that situation. It's just kind of weird that we're very unsure where anyone's going to end up besides Bach, obviously. Yeah, I obviously... <sighs> You know, I think the most important things, but they say, you know, what you want to have obviously is a great left tackle. Yep. Uh, a very good center and obviously a very capable right tackle. The guards, you don't want them. You, they can't be awful no, as the Vikings showed, but, but they have to be capable. They have yeah. to be capable because as long as they have solid pieces to their left or right, left and right, you know, you can make do with there's, that. There's wiggle room. Yeah. But if you have a... Uh, if they are a liability like the Vikings had last year, it's so hard on everyone yeah. else because you're having to block two guys. Yeah, so but, that's the second-round pick. And then what I alluded to earlier, did trade up in the third round yep. to take a wide receiver, Amari Rogers, out of – help me out here. Clemson. Clemson, that's right. Um, and so th- this one, this one's on me, Packer fans. I was very vocal, so we should trade up for a receiver. I did not specify the round. And I will not make that mistake going forward because Goot heard that and he was like, well, he didn't he didn't say when. So we're just going to. And then like round three came around and it was the end of uh, Friday. And he was like, oh, shit. Kevin said, fuck. And he, he had to do it really quick. So he did do it. And like we kind of alluded to earlier, this is a ideally a Randall Cobb. If he could Cobb. if he could become Randall Cobb. Yeah. Then that's a good pick. Which. I loved me some Randall Cobb. Yeah, he was excellent. He, he is so. Amari Rogers is a is basically a pure slot receiver. He he's a little a undersized. He's profile, like he's only like five ten. I want to say. Yeah. Um, he's a little bit bigger than you would expect. Um, so I think that gives him some good wiggle room where, you know, he he's not he's not quite like a mu- like a muscle hamster like Doug Martin was, but he is. He, you know, he, he's got he's got some good weight behind him. Yeah, and I think the dream is for him to assume a similar role, probably not the exact same, but a similar role to uh, Tyler Irvin last year when yeah. he was healthy in the offense in terms of, you know, kind of more creative things like jet sweeps and other kind of manufactured touches that take advantage of his kind of shiftiness. Yeah. Because I think that's something that LaFleur wants to do in the offense, but he doesn't really have a guy, you know, MVS is, is like a, is like Walmart DK Metcalf. Like he can't turn at all. He just runs in a straight line. Yeah. And Lazard is just not quite quick enough. There there's, there's holdbacks with all these guys. And obviously you don't want to be running, you know, Devante on a jet sweep or something like that. That's not worth it. So I'm optimistic that he can contribute kind of in that capacity on the offensive side hopefully develop as the year goes on. And then also, I mean, Randall Cobb was returning kicks and punts and stuff like that his rookie year. Yeah. And he was good at it. And I think this guy has potential to kind of contribute in the same way. And I mean, if we're 
it, we're making the Randall Cobb comp. He has to return a kick for a touchdown in his very first try ever in the NFL. It so. also it also saves you. You would ensure that you will have at least one A. Rogers on the roster. That's true, and he will be wearing number eight, not twelve, but like closer than I think most people. You oh, he know. just took Tim Boyles, huh? Just a couple. He just took Boyles' number like that. Never legend, yeah. Packer legend, Tim Boyle. I thought they were going to retire it, but apparently not. God. What a trash franchise. In the ring of honor. But a, Boyle. Yeah. <laughs> he had a couple kneel downs. It was Hey, he was great. Victory Cigar the second, because the first human victory cigar was Matt Flynn, obviously. But Of course. Yeah. Was he eight also? No, he yeah. was like ten. Matt Flynn, yeah, he was ten. Yeah, so Jordan Love. Yeah. Yikes. What what number is Jordan Love? Who's to say? Yeah, we don't know. Sure. We never addressed. We don't know. No. Um and then yeah, the rest of the years, like we said. You know, took a couple offensive linemen. Um, took another corner in took the late rounds. That's potential. I've, I've heard they're hoping he kind of turns into like a Tremont Williams kind of a, more of a nickel guy, kind of has good vision in terms of watching His quarterbacks and reading zones. Shamar Jean-Charles? Yeah, he's, he's French apparently. I, I hope it's pronounced Jean-Charles. <laughs> if it's Jean-Charles, that's so bad. <laughs> I I really want it to be Shamar Jean Charles. Shamar Jean Charles. It's just from Appalachian well, State. Well, if, it, if it's Jean, then you can't pronounce like the second half of Charles. It's like Jean Charles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cole Van Lanen uh, from Wisconsin. Boo. Hey, he's um, a green, he's a Green Bay native. Yeah, great story. Uh, Isaiah, you know who has a great story? Who? <laughs> well, this this young kid from <laughs> Detroit Lakes. Like, 30 now. Well, we're, we, we're growing up at him. Here. Okay, we're no, so up. young kid from Detroit Lakes. Yeah, young kid from picture. Detroit Lakes. Well, yeah, you see the thing him? is, he was quite a standout in oh. multi, multiple sports. Wow. But football was his best. Oh. He, You would think he'd get a lot of Division One offers. I mean, obviously, he's a standout. None. What, none. Wait, wait, none. Zero? He had just a $500 scholarship to play football at Mankato. Shut up. Mankato, not Stop Mankato. It. Uh <laughs> Yeah, he was a standout there for Mankato for the Mavericks and Mavericks. you'd think, wow. you know, he'd get drafted, you know, for I being mean, that. obviously if he's a standout again, no. Like, fool me once. No. no. Un- undrafted. Sir. Signed. Sir. After a tryout with the Vikings, signed to the Vikings, who he grew up rooting for. Oh my god, what a story. He didn't start right away. He had many years. Did, did he have a did he have a backup plan? In oh yes, oh yes. Out? His backup plan: selling dental equipment. Why does no one talk about oh, this at the beginning of every Vikings game? He worked his way up to be on special teams for a few years. Oh my god! Actually, got his first touch. Got his first touchdown by blocking a punt in TCF Bank Stadium against the Panthers. Wow! He returned it in the end zone. Oh my god! Worked his way up to the starting lineup as a receiver. Do you know who, do you what know, is this man's do you name? Do you know who I'm talking about? Is Number it, 19 himself, Adam Thielen. Oh, my. Pride of Detroit Lakes. God. <laughs> Snap my Thank you. Neck. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Paige, you're going to love that one. Sorry. You have to hear it all the time. It was a slow burn right there. <laughs> that was a real really slow burn. Worked on that we one. had to paint the picture. You said paint the picture. I feel like usually when we do that, we're drunk. Oh, so yeah. Like, no. It, was... it doesn't go as smoothly. <laughs> Um, all right, then you got, you took a guy named Isaiah McDuffie, Boston Hell College yeah. linebacker. Great and last name. And you ended with Mississippi State running back Kylan Hill. 
Um, Sounds like a Madden creative player. He was almost mystery relevant. He was. You guys were almost the last pick of the draft, but clearly not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was your last selection at two fifty six. Yeah, so. I mean, so like I said, a lot of offensive line drafted for me at the top, and I do like the move in the third. If it, you know, I would have rather it be sooner, but if it has to be in the third, I think that, I think that they kind of realize, okay, we got to get. Yeah, I, I think the wide receiver prospects that could realistically have an impact and fit kind of what they were looking for, running low, and they had to trade up and get him. So I'm glad they made that move. I wish they were a little more aggressive earlier on. Um, yeah, I'm sure Rashad Bateman's happy that he got drafted and he's excited. Um, I wish him luck with Lamar Jackson and his one and a half targets per game. I think that is a tremendous waste of a talented wide receiver prospect, and I'm not just being a you're definitely bitter bitter. no (laughs) yes well through 26 touchdowns prove me wrong lamar target him a lot because he is fantastic lamar threw 376 passes last year so how many is that per game i I don't want to do that math 376 that's like 20 a game that's like 20 and change that's a little more than 20 or less than 23 and a half. Yeah. 23 and a half attempts. That is not a lot. What are you talking about? 23 and a half attempts. But who but who is going to be the clear number 1? Rashad Bateman. I feel like rookie Rashawn Bateman or like Marquise Hollywood Brown. No, Hollywood Brown not, is not he is not a receiver one. And, That's and been ho- the issue. And Hollywood no. Yes it is. He's had games where he goes off. Because he's the only one there. No, because he actually gets targeted. He's averaging I just like think, one and a half targets. I just think you are undervaluing. I don't. I have been on the, okay completely in the camp that Lamar Jackson's MVP run is not. You know, it, it, he's he is not a good enough passer to be like a long term elite quarterback. Correct. But he is definitely good enough to be like Rashad Bateman's been totally fine. He's gonna he's gonna be the number one. Absolutely, he'll definitely be the number one like next year. I don't know about this year, and I just. I don't know. With Mark Andrews, it's like that there just aren't enough pass attempts to go around up there. And I, how do you, how what's to say that with now that they ever shot Bateman, there won't be more pass attempts. Their entire offensive scheme is predicated on running the football with either a running back or a quarterback, or like it's not, it's just not the kind of system that highlights wide receivers. And I don't super understand offenses change. Not that one. They tailored it to that guy. They they made they designed the entire offense around Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. He still. Th- what, what about the year he threw thirty six touchdowns? That what was, do you say about that? That was the breakout year, and then this year he did not. I mean, he only threw he threw forty four hundred and one attempts that year in fifteen games. So that oh, that was in fifteen games. So it was more attempts. I didn't even read that. I mean, it's going to be not many more. Do the but. math. Do the math. Divided by fifteen. Just twenty five. 25. It's just, yeah, like 25 in like decimals, yeah. but that's, I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. And I am, there is part of it that's me being a salty bitch, but also I, I feel like he's wasted there. And I mean, I know I'm right. So you don't have to like, you know, argue with me. Yes. Is that how, is that how this show works? <laughs> Where I just, just do that the whole time? Where I just let yeah. you. Is there anyone else in the first round you want to talk about though? I feel like, I don't know. Uh, let me look through, uh, the, the Raiders taking a massive reach for Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, that was weird. Thank you. They, thank you. Las Vegas Raiders. They definitely need offensive for not line taking help, Christian Tarasov. That was a weird decision. And I feel like 
they just have consistently now drafted very poorly. The Giants reaching a bit, taking Kadarius Tony at twenty. With, he has high they, upside. With, yeah, though. I've heard some people very hyped on him. I I do too, but again at twenty, that I it think surprised that was that was a panic pick because. Gettleman was so flustered that Devontae Smith was taken where he that's the guy he wanted. Gettleman's never been flustered. And he's like, well, he, he traded down for the first time ever. Yeah. He's like, I, I don't know what to do. Just, just, I, I, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Who's around me right now? Yeah, he's like, Kadarius Tony would be terrible here. I just got to at least make it look better. Um, I don't really understand them drafting a receiver either after signing Galladay to a massive contract. Yeah, I mean, Galladay, I understand that you need health, more. But... Health issues. I mean, yes, you believe in it, but. Yeah, but like, where does Tony fit into this offense now? Because you have Galladay as the perspective one. Yeah. And then you have uh, Slayton and Shepard and Tony. Like, where does Tony fit in Shep- those three? Shepard is. Shepard's decent. Yeah. He's fine. Again, health issue with him. Yeah. Um, I think. But I mean, like, Tony, is, Tony's going like, to. Tony's your Slayton field stretcher. Tony's going to be – they they can line him up in the backfield. They can put him in the slot. They can put him on edge sweeps. They have him going deep. I think his best scenario – obviously, it's with you know tacky to say it because it's from Florida, but Percy Harvin is his – Yeah. what his goal, his goal should be in the NFL. He has yeah. that kind of skill set where you have him returning. You have him you know just get the ball in his hands. That's, that's fair. the biggest thing. I just thing. feel like they had bigger needs, but I, I mean, that's where you draft like – draft as an athlete. And so I think that's yeah. You can't you you're not going to be hurting yourself for having talented offensive weapons. Like yes, there's other needs, but their line's pretty not that bad. And at twenty, eh. yeah, I don't know. Um, Colts taking Quiddy Pay I thought was a bit of a surprise too. I guess um, I thought maybe Farley there, but yeah, but I don't know what else they really would have taken. No, I don't know. They're in a good spot. Steelers. I'm not surprised they took Najee Harris. No I think surprised. it's probably it's the value I don't like. I don't know. Their defense is really good, and they have a lot of weapons on offense. I mean, usually running back is not a good idea in the first, but at the same time, like unless they were going to move up and try and like you know take the air to Big Ben or something like that. I would have expected them to be more aggressive with trying to get, especially seeing Fields fall past the the Broncos, yeah. especially with Gettleman trading him for trading that for not much to move up 10 yeah, spots. Yeah, I mean, that's spots. fair, but if you're not going to take a quarterback, then I, I kind of think that running back might be the biggest it's hole. the biggest need. They have, they have none sure. right now. Uh, Travis Etienne, I was actually shocked by that. That was stupid. Right after, at 25. The Jaguars have many needs. Uh, I think I would have running taken... Running back was not one of them. I would have taken Newsom. I would have taken Bateman. Um, I mean, you look out I would have taken Rousseau. Robinson. An undrafted free agent yeah. last year lit the world on fire. That was fire the one thing I'm on like, I don't know. Team. I guess yeah, Etn. You're like, he gives you a lot more different of a look. But like you don't don't worry about running back two when you have you could bolster other positions of immediate help. Yeah, I don't know, Urban. I don't know what that was. That was that was a dumb pick. Um, other than that, I think the Saints reached at Peyton Turner, edge rusher from Houston. That was. Sure, great. Um, Odafe away, the guy from who went, who was originally Jason away, who has now said, "I don't care." Like I want to go by my first name, which is Odafe. Weird time to do that. Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess it's better than doing it in the middle of your career. The the Ravens took that with their second pick. That's a good upside pick. And then the Bucks taking Joe Tyron or try try on try on. Yeah. Um, 
All right. I th- I would have thought I can't believe Christian Barmore was not taken. No, I mean, that's he was, my he big was taken immediately in the second. Him and uh, Jeremiah Owuso Koromoa yep. falling to fifty two. Unbelievable value by the by the Browns getting him. Yeah, that's incredible. And I guess there were some. It was like health issues or like heart issues that he has. Something like that. Something that came out today that like that's what kind of scared teams away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like hell of a draft by the Browns to be able to get Newsom and uh, Joker for that. Like that's that's yeah. that's a great first two picks. Um, I didn't think any team really was like shit the bed. No, and I mean I feel like specifically talking about the NFC North. I feel like we all had. Like good to find drafts. Yeah. Like no one, no one did a Trubisky. I thought no the Lions did a, did a really good job of rebuilding. They yeah found pieces that they're going to be there for the a Bears, long time. The Bears potentially had a franchise quarterback. The Lions had a nice rebuilding year, and both the Vikings and the Packers addressed areas of serious need. Yeah. So I think every I mean every team in the NFC North improved. I'd say um, some more than others. Some needed more than others. So, yeah, and it's hard to tell right now, and I'm sure we'll have. That's what know, also more I, insight. I don't like draft grades. Like, well, it's like if it's not an F, it, like you don't know what it is. Or you know, it's there like are some times where you can go, okay, this was a terrible draft. Like the but, Texans, terrible draft. Yeah, like when it's they an had F, like five, you know picks. it's an F. But the difference between a B and a C the next day, you don't know. That's what's crazy to me. I'm like, everyone's like, oh, well, where'd I get graded? It's like. They haven't played a single snap in the NFL. There was some, there was some example where like the draft where like the Seahawks drafted like Russell Wilson and Cam Chancellor and they got like an F. Yeah. <laughs> like, well Well shit. Some uh Adam Rank, who is a certified clown that work that works for the NFL network. Ooh, hot he, takes. He's a big Bears fan. Mm-hmm. He puts like every year he picks the records. He has always the Vikings going like five and eleven or something. Now it would be like five and twelve, I guess. Um and he has the Bears going a ridiculous, like, 13, 14, 15, 16 wins. Yeah. Uh, like James Jones. Yeah, he's, he's there, James Jones. Yeah. And so, but James Ad- Jones was right, though, I want to point out last year. He was 100% accurate. But Adam Rank is a, like is a legitimate, like, analyst. Mm-hmm. James Jones is not really. How dare you, sir? <laughs> he's not. Um, and But Adam Rank put out his, his, uh, his rankings – uh, of ha. NFC quarterbacks. That's his last name. Y- yeah. Um, of NFC quarterbacks right now. I will read you these because it's absurd. Are they going to make me mad? He's Yeah. Okay. He says, and my NFC North quarterback power rankings if Rodgers leaves. Oh, okay. Well, then they're not going to make me that mad. Number seven, Jared Goff. Number six, Kellen Mond. Number five, Jordan Love. Number four, Nick Foles. Number three, Andy Dalton. Number two, Kirk Cousins. Number one, Justin Fields. Congratulations, Justin. You made it. That's absurd. <laughs> he hasn't played a single snap. Justin Fields is the I heard I heard a take. He's the second best quarterback in uh Bears, Bears history. history already, and he's but, never taken a snap. And the only person in front of him was when Russell Wilson was gonna be a Bears. Yeah, person. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I I think I read that on like draft day where I, I yeah. saw that. But yeah, that that's absurd. Like, first of all, disrespect to Jared Goff. Like Yeah, Jesus Christ. And him being that confident, he literally three of the top four. Oh yeah, they're just the Bears quarterbacks from well known Bears fan Adam Rank. Yeah. It's like you are trolling. You're trolling. It has to be. It's very dumb. It's absurd. And like, 
I don't know. I, I, I think it'd be ridiculous not to say if Rodgers is there, it's not Rodgers, Kirk, uh, Goff, Dalton, and then all the other yeah. unknowns or backups. Like, it kind of that's, has, it to, has be to be by virtue of like who's starting the football game. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's crazy. If you want to put potential, sure, but you didn't do that. No. Like, I don't know. I, it is what it is. I, I have to, I had to end on that little blurb, but <laughs> I think we're good on the draft. I think every team, you know, we've said they did a good job of filling the needs, unless you're the Houston Texans or Seattle Seahawks. I guess the Seahawks, but the Seahawks are in much better shape than the Texans are. Um, takes only. <laughs> and maybe the Raiders. You could argue the Raiders didn't have that great of a draft because they, it was weird, though, because they, they reached on Leatherwood. Then they got a great value in getting Morig. Uh, so it cancels out. So it kind of it evens out. So eh. good good job, Mayock and <laughs> and uh, Gruden, even though Mayock says, like, we don't listen to all those so-called draft experts. It's like, Mayock, you literally were one of those a few years ago. Yeah, those idiots. Like, that that was you, but okay, sure, sure. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good. Uh, unless you have anything else you want to mention before. No, I'm good. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of Third and Forever presented by 10,000 Takes. You can go to their website at 10ktakesmn.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. If you just search 10K Takes. Also find us on Twitter and TikTok. If you, uh, at third underscore forever 10K, where we post episodes each week as well as clips uh, and other TikToks now. So we'll, uh, we'll see. We will be back. Any breaking news happens in these next couple weeks here. Yeah, content. We'll uh, we'll see. We're getting close, guys. We're getting real close to the season. Once you get in the summer, it's basically around the corner. Uh, I've been your host, Adam Oz. Joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Ulm. Kevin, final words. Pain. <laughs> <laughs>